if you have a job, especially in a nine to five type job with a salary or with a guaranteed pay, I highly recommend you set up a line of credit or some other vehicle on your home if you have one, or even an unsecured line of credit so that you build yourself a bit of a runway. So save some money, yes, right? Obviously that's good, but sometimes it doesn't always happen, but also using a line of credit or something that you can have set up because there's always a delay. When you get in the mortgage business, even if you crush it, you're not gonna get paid for three or four months, you know, three months kind of thing, because you gotta find a file, you gotta get it approved, then it's gotta close, then you gotta wait to get paid. It's not like, you know, going on Facebook Marketplace and selling something and getting paid that day. There's always a delay in pay. So build yourself a bit of runway. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Welcome to the ILMB Rookie Mortgage Broker Podcast. Every Friday, I talk to a rookie who's making waves in the industry to find out how they're succeeding in today's competitive market. Today, I decided to do an episode where I just share with you the top six mistakes I see rookies make when they first get into the mortgage business. Thought this would be an interesting from all the discussions and chats I've had with rookies, especially over the last year and a bit. So I hope you'll find this useful. Before I jump into that, I wanna give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform designed specifically for Canadians. Very easy for borrowers to use. It's got some really cool built-in features like smart documents, which means it knows what documents to ask for based on the client's application. It's connected to Lender Spotlight. So as you try to figure out what to do with that file, it can actually go in and see in Lender Spotlight exactly what guidelines and lender options you have. And then finally, when you go to hit submit, it pulls the key data from the application into the submission notes. They call them smart submission notes. And I was looking at these the other day, and it's amazing how much the notes have improved from back when I used to submit files. And it was like, hey, please have a look at this for me. And nowadays, that's just not going to fly. They're going to want to have a story. They want to understand what's going on. Smart Submission Notes works awesome for that. Check out lendescom slash Finmo, set up a free demo, and let's jump into this episode. So there's kind of six things that I want to talk about today that I find that rookies' mistakes they make when they first get into the mortgage business, and I'm just going to go through each of them with you. Hopefully that you don't make these, or if you do, you can correct them quickly. So the first thing I notice is they don't actually get their finances in order before they start. And so what do I mean by that? Well, there's a couple of different things they could be doing first. If you have a job, especially in a nine to five type job with a salary or with a guaranteed pay, I highly recommend you set up a line of credit or some other vehicle on your home if you have one or even an unsecured line of credit so that you build yourself a bit of a runway. So save some money. Yes. Right. Obviously, that's good. But sometimes it doesn't always happen. But also using a line of credit or something that you can have set up because there's always a delay when you get in the mortgage business, even if you crush it you're not going to get paid for three or four months, you know, three months kind of thing, because you got to find a file, you got to get it approved, then it's got to close, then you got to wait to get paid. It's not like, you know, going on Facebook marketplace and selling something and getting paid that day. There's always a delay in pay. So build yourself a bit of runway. Plus, the other thing to keep in mind is that even though the mortgage business is incredibly inexpensive to join, like literally, especially like in Ontario, it's $1,000 course, the barrier to entry is very low. And I think because of that, people think that it's, oh, it must be easy. It's not. It's actually got an extremely high failure rate. And I think it's because the barrier to entry is so low. But there's going to be some investment you need to make. You're going to need to take somebody out for lunch. You're going to need to pay for some training. Like, you can't start any business without putting money into it. And so to assume that you can get into a mortgage business and be making six figures a year and not have to put anything in is ludicrous and not possible. So this is why you want to get your finances in order before you start and why you're gonna to have to think about strategically investing in your business. That's the first step. 
The second thing mistake I see them make is not getting their own email address and URL. So their website URL. Oftentimes you join a company and they say, hey, don't worry, we got you. Here's an email for you. And you feel like you're more professional because you have a company email. But here's the problem. If and when you leave that company, that email is dead. So you spend the next three years building up your client list, people remembering who you are. And now all of a sudden you leave. And I can tell you, if you talk to any mortgage brokers who've been in the business for more than five years, by the way, 90% of them are not with the company they started with. So just let that sink in for a second. There's a reason for that. I'll touch on that in a minute. But 90% of the people who've been in the business for more than five years are not where they started. So if that's the case, there's a high probability that even if you like where you are, that you may not be there. Why on earth would you not have your own email address? Brokers who join our brokerage, we never give them a company email, not because we want to be jerks, but because we're like, hey, these are your clients. We hope you stick around with us. You know, We hope we add enough value that you stay with us long term. But if you don't, we want your clients to follow you wherever you go. The other thing is get your own URL. So don't have your name URL. I've seen some companies will actually buy it for you. You know, they're like, oh, they're doing you a favor. No, they're not. They're just locking you down. And so any of these things, if you're smart and you talk to anybody who's been in business for five plus years, they would tell you absolutely get your own stuff. And if you're going to get an email, though, make sure it's professional. So don't have like scottthebroker at gmail.com or even worse, scottthebroker at hotmail.com. Like that just doesn't look good. So whatever you're, you're going to call it, make that your email. And if you don't know how to do that, honestly, you just go into YouTube, type in, how do I set up my custom domain email? And there's people that'll walk you through that in 10 minutes. So first is not getting finances set up. Second is not getting their own email address and website or URL. Third is wasting time on things that do not move the needle. And so I see people spend a lot of time figuring around with their website, getting their logo just right, posting it. to What do you guys think of my logo? Doesn't freaking matter. Doesn't matter at all. And the problem is, is that you can spend a lot of time on this feeling like you're working. You know, you could sit in your office and go, I got to get my website just right and getting ready to get ready. And you're not actually doing the difficult things. And so those things don't move the needle in your business. You don't even like, sure, a lot of companies will give you a website when you start. That is basically all you need. You don't need anything. With our agents, we give them a website right out of the gate. We've designed one that is meant for conversion. So in all the podcasts I've done, I've talked to a lot of mortgage brokers in Canada, the US about what works and what doesn't. So we engineered a website, the best elements of that. And most of the time, the websites are way too complex. There's way too many things to click on. People get lost and they see it and they bounce. The only real purpose of the website is for somebody to look you up and see you. But I would say what's even more important is your Google page where people can leave reviews for you. That's more important because really, here's the thing. If I go to a website and somebody talks about how great they are, oh, I'm so amazing. Look at me. I'm like, I don't really care. What I want to know is what someone else thinks of them. And so the first thing you want to start working on even more than that is the Google page. And those, again, go to YouTube. You just got to know how to do it. Go to YouTube and set it up. You know, Jeff Mudrick, who's one of our agents, when he first got in the mortgage business before he joined us, he spent six months maybe not six months, five months, crafting the perfect social media posts, trying to put them online, you know, trying to get people to pay attention. He got exactly zero mortgages. Then he joined us in August of 2021. We showed him how to build a list of his network, how to use that list to build a list of realtors, how to present to those realtors, how to convert those realtors, how to follow up. And then of course, how to convert the clients and how to fund the mortgages. And in his first 365 days, he's funded $30 million in mortgages. He's probably going to finish this year at 50 million. So 2022. He would not have done that if he stuck to social media posts and messing with his website. I promise you that it would not work. It's not going to happen. Like that stuff can add. It's kind of like extra, but it will not move the needle. So point number one, get your finances in order. Point number two, get your own email address and URL. Point number three, don't waste time on things that don't move the needle. Point number four, the big mistake I see rookies make is they avoid the hard things. So what do I mean by that? They don't want to pick up the phone. They don't want to call people that they know. Let them know what you're up to. So a couple of thoughts on this first. I want you to sit down and think about if you were to get married today again or for the first time, 
who are the people you'd invite to your wedding? Everybody that you would invite to your wedding is somebody that you need to phone and let them know you're in the mortgage business. Every single one of them. And you also have to reach out to real estate agents or financial advisors. They can send you five to 10 files a year. Your friends and family, they may be able to send you one a year or every other year. So don't neglect them, right? Because I've seen people do that where they're like, well, I don't want to reach out to my family yet. I want to know what I'm doing first. And then they finally reach out to them six months later and their family goes, why didn't you tell me, man? I just did my mortgage like a month ago. And they're like, oh, and this happens all the time. So don't get sucked into that. you got to tell people what you're doing. And a little tip for you here, reaching out to your family and friends and they know you as, you know, like me, I was Scott, the paramedic. And now I'm Scott, the mortgage broker. And they're like, oh, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. They're right. And so if they like you, they're going to say, definitely, I'll call you. I'll definitely refer you. But they won't. And they won't because they like you, but they don't trust you yet. And they don't trust you, understandably, because you're brand spanking new. In that scenario, what you have to do is you have to sell whoever your mentor is, the person that's helping you with your files, you got to sell their experience and not yours. If you try to sell your own experience and say, trust me, they're not going to. So it's really important that you frame it in a way that makes them go, oh, okay, I like you, Scott, and I know you're a paramedic, but I trust the fact that you have somebody helping you with these files. That's really important. So point number one, not getting your finances in order. Point number two, not getting your own email address. Point three, wasting things on times that don't move the needle. Websites, logos, business cards. Don't even get me started on business cards. Avoiding the hard things is another thing they do. Number five is not asking enough questions when they join a brokerage. So oftentimes we just do the, what I call the you'll do. It's like, oh, I know somebody, so I'm going to go join this brokerage. And they end up getting into there. I talk to people in this scenario every single week who talk to us about our brokerage who joined a brokerage and go, oh, crap, I didn't really look around and I just joined them. And now I wish I, I hadn't. So they usually make a choice because it's down the street. I want to, be to go to the office or it's because it's someone they knew. But the brokerage is not equipped or designed to help train rookies. They don't have a program. They don't have a plan. And so because of that, they get in there and they go, man, I've been here three months, six months, a year, year and a half, and I'm not getting any traction, but I also don't know what I'm doing. And using these offices, what they tell you is, hey, go find a file and I'll help you get it funded. And that's usually code for, I don't have any way to train you to find business, but if you find it, I can help you get it done. And that's okay, but that's only half the problem. Or it's actually, it's only about a third of the problem because as a new mortgage broker, there's three sales you need to make. You need to sell the referral source. I'm giving you the referral. You have to sell the client. I'm working with you right? So, and then you have to sell the lender. And most mortgage brokers, if they're experienced and they've been doing this for 10 years, they can do the last one. But in terms of other two, they've been doing it so long and business is coming to them. They've forgotten or the things that they did to build their business 10 years ago would not work today. It just wouldn't straight up. And so this is why in our Rookie to Rockstar program, we coach on finding business, on converting clients and funding mortgages. As I said, those three sales. So you got to ask more questions when you join a brokerage, make sure that they have, you know, training, what does the training look like? Is it ad hoc? You know, is it structured? Is there a plan? Is there a path? If you want to check out a survival guide that we created for agents, so it's got 27 questions you should ask before joining a brokerage. Owners hate this, by the way, but hey, whatever. Check out rookieagentguide.ca, rookieagentguide.ca. You can download it for free. And yeah, you can show up to talk to the owner like, huh, you know, with some really, really good questions. So ask more questions before signing on the dotted line because it'll help you make better choices. So finances, as I said, the first one, second is not getting your own email address and URL. Third, wasting times on things that don't move the needle, social media posts, avoiding the hard things like picking up the phone, not asking enough questions when joining a brokerage. And then number six that I see is not changing brokerages when their current brokerage is not a fit. And I see this happen. People are like, well, I can't leave because you know they hired me. It's like, yeah, but 
it's not working. And what I tell people in this scenario is I say, look, you do what's best for your family. At the end of the day, unless they're paying you a salary, and if they're paying you a salary, then God bless them and you should stay there and probably keep learning. But if they're not paying you a salary, then you need to choose where you're going to get the best possible support and training so that you can get your business off the ground. Again, back to my point I said earlier, 90% of mortgage brokers who have been in the business for more than five years are not where they started. And I'll kind of back away for a second and explain why that is. So what ends up happening is a lot of mortgage agents or owners will bring on people. It's kind of like the survival rate is very low, like something like 20, 30% of people will actually make it past two years. And so they make some money off them. The other 70% mostly waste their time and then they leave the business. And then this broker who finally starts to get it, they start to make more money. Usually the splits aren't awesome. And then the rookie agent a couple of years in goes, wait a second, now I'm not needing any help anymore. And I don't like my splits. And so they go back to the owner and the owner says, well, you know what, that's the deal. And the owner's thinking, man, I've got to make up for the fact that it took me two years to get you to here and the other six people that didn't make it. And so they don't really want to adjust their splits. And so then they leave. And so this happens all the time. You know, somebody starts with one brokerage, they get trained. Sorry, it's not personal that I leave. This is normal. I guarantee you, whoever you work for, if you're a rookie agent, whoever you're currently working for is probably not where they started, right? So why? Because at the end of the day, and it's a free economy, free market. This is why we're independent contractors. You get to pick and choose where you want to go. And I would tell you to pick a brokerage that fits culture-wise, but also fits in terms of support and training to help you get your business going, because those things are extremely important, especially when you first start out. So hopefully you find that useful. I'll do a quick recap for you, and then I'll give you some things to think about. So number one, not getting your finances in order before you start. Get that line of credit set up. Apply for all that before you leave your job or you reduce your hours. Number two, not getting your own email address and URL. Don't take the company email. Don't take the bait. It's a sucker's bet. Number three, wasting time on things that don't move the needle, right? Websites, logos, business cards. Also, pause here for a second, business cards. Business cards are almost useless. And you may think, oh, no, I got to give them out. Here's what I would tell you to do with business cards. Here's what I did with business cards when I would go to events. I would always be like, oh, shoot, I don't have any on me. How about you give me your info and I'll shoot you a text from my phone. I don't want your freaking business card and you don't want my business card. What I want is I want your contact info so I can reach out to you. A business card is useless. I would much prefer to get somebody's contact info. So they're almost a waste of time. You may feel like, oh, I'm a professional now. Nobody uses them. And even if you do, can you remember where you put them? Like 90% of people do not keep track of those things. It's going to go in their purse or pocket. It's going to end up in the laundry. So don't waste your time on them. Fourth thing is avoiding the hard things, not wanting to pick up the phone, not wanting to reach out to your network or don't know what you're doing, not wanting to reach out to real estate agents who can send you multiple files, not asking enough questions when they join a brokerage. So they just join because it's like, hey, this is awesome. I know somebody. Let's do it. Turns out, oh, man, this isn't working out. And then finally, after making that decision, you know, not changing because they feel a sense of loyalty when at the end of the day, your loyalty should be to your family, to your kids, your wife, husband, whoever you're supporting you. That is ultimately who you should be thinking about when you're making these choices, because I guarantee you the owner that you're talking to, the broker that you're talking to is very likely 95% not likely where they started. So do they feel guilty? No, they did what they had to do, what was best for them. And you should do the same. Hopefully you guys find that useful. Go check out rookieagentguide.ca if you want those 27 questions that you can use to interview broker owners, put them in the hot seat for a minute. If you want to find out how we help rookie agents succeed faster than anywhere else, build referral-based businesses, go to rookie2rockstar.ca. I got a webinar there you can check out and we'll walk you through exactly how we help you get build that referral-based business. Check it out. Thanks again for listening to this episode and hopefully you avoid some of these mistakes. 
This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.